Under the Hood <laughs> with Jonathan Hood. Let's get it. Tim crushes this ball. He throws the bat. The ball goes flying and it's gone. Under the Hood, behind the scenes, nobody really sees. Four runs. Hey, I'm hot. Jonathan Hood. I'm hot. Trubisky, Robinson, Allen Robinson, touchdown Bears. Back with the interception, and Mack will take it all the way in for a touchdown. A lot of this is behind the scenes or under the hood. DeMarc in it. Oh! He didn't come for the massage. He came for the fight show. Oh, baby. Woo! Jonathan Hood. Oh, man. Put a body on that man, please. Breaks the hole. Swift got running room. Swift got to go. 30, 20, 10. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. I'm the man. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and ESPN app with open phone lines at 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our telephone number. Hit me up on Twitter, twitter.com, tweet Jay Hood. On Facebook, facebook.com, look for the Jonathan Hood Facebook page. On facebook.com, the podcast page as we broadcast live from our first Midwest Bank Studios. This hour, we're going to hear from Brett Taylor, who covers the Chicago Cubs for Bleacher Nation. We'll get his thoughts about the Cubs and their loss again to the Philadelphia Phillies at Citizens Bank. We'll get a chance to talk about that. If you're a Cubs fan, stay by your listening device. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Also, we'll talk some Bears here this hour. Some news coming across from a night practice. We'll hear from Matt Nagy, the head coach for the Chicago Bears. So we'll be able to get his thoughts about uh, the state of the Bears and uh, maybe we'll hear from Joe Madden. We should hear from Joe because uh, this is a mess. So a little mixed bag, a little Cubs, a little Bears, and a few other things before we're done here at 10 o'clock on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So let well, let me get this out of the way first, the Bears news, and we're going to hear from Matt Nagy a little bit later on. Then we'll get into the Cubs. Shea Pepler, who's going to be in tomorrow, right, with David Kaplan. So it'll be... Um, Cap and Cornet, except it'll be Shea Pepler Cornet, will be in with Kaplan tomorrow. Shea tweets this at Shea Pepler about the Bears. Uh, interesting night of practice for the Bears. Kyle Long got into it with defensive lineman Jalen Dalton, whose helmet ended up in Long's hand. Nagy said he was disappointed and would handle it internally, but that's uh, back-to-back days of strong disagreements. Um, also... Uh, Kyle Long did not return to practice after the altercation. Nagy said that he expects more from his team. Tonight was also a mock game for the Bears where Coach Nagy said his entire team got a lot of reps. Cody Whitehair did leave with a finger injury, but Nagy expects him to be okay. That's the num- that's the news from uh, Shea Pepler on her Twitter, who was there at practice. So uh, we'll keep you uh, abreast on that. Again, we'll hear from Matt Nagy a little bit later on this half hour right here on ESPN 1000. How about little Cubs? Let's talk about the Cubs here. As the Cubs fall to the Philadelphia Phillies by the score of 11-1. to So, the Cubs have lost back-to-back games here against Philadelphia on the road. And on the road trip, Cubs, remember, they split with the Reds. 
And now two losses against the Phillies. Inside the numbers here, as you heard from a very just uh, disappointed Jesse Rogers there in a rainy Philadelphia. Cole Hamels was awful. The veteran comes in as a starter for the Cubs. Two innings pitched, nine hits, eight runs, two walks, two strikeouts. Nola was the winner for the uh, Phillies. He's now 11-3, and three, and Hamels falls to 6-4. and four. But the story, once again, is a lack of offense. I could have swore in August of last year, I was sitting in this chair talking about the lack of offense for the Chicago Cubs, right? And, of course, many pointed at the hitting coach, at the time and saying that that's the problem. The approach is the problem. The launch angle is the problem. And I'm going to tell you, as I told you this time last year, is that all that is just nonsense. It's nonsense. The team is underachieving. Anthony Rizzo, ESPN 1000's Anthony, Anthony Rizzo, has a slash line of 284, 391, and 504. He was one for four today. And I don't know where his power is. It's just not there. I don't know if, if, if what's going on with him is between the ears or if it's physically, but ESPN 1000's Anthony Rizzo is not getting the job done, clearly. And he's got a lot to say. He always has got a lot to say, okay? But but as far as production on the field, that's where the most talking should be, and it's just not there. It just, it's just not there. So Rizzo was on with Cap and Company earlier today kind of talking about what is going on with this Cubs team, the woes they've had and the ups and downs they've had so far here in the second half? Uh, I mean, not hitting home runs is, uh, you know, you obviously always want to hit home runs. I don't want to hit 30, 40, 50 home runs a year. But when you're not doing it, there's other ways you can contribute uh, to the team, grinding at bats, working at bats, and just know that the swing will come back around and uh, be where it needs to be. I don't, I don't think I forgot how to hit. I'm still having good at bats. It's just uh, not not the results that you know are the best but that's what the long grind of the season is all about how do you work through something like this because i know how competitive you are uh we've seen the success you've had for so many years and as you said you're still putting up numbers maybe not the exact numbers that you want and because the offense is so closely linked to how you hit and to how chris hits and to how javi hits it maybe gets magnified even more. How do you work through it and not be – I can tell you're frustrated. How do you fight through that frustration? Uh, honestly, you know, it is what it is. You just keep working. Uh, three games to put this all into the – All right, it's enough of that. Um, so <laughs> – like, is what it is is not good enough for Coast fans that are doling out top dollar to go see this team or have an emotional investment in it. Is what it is is not going to get it done. Not on this show. <laughs> Just, I'm not, we're not doing that tonight. Uh, you, you, listen, we're not. I'm not getting the job done. I've got to be able to do better. I'm Anthony Rizzo, and that's the end of that soundbite. Uh, is what it is, I guess. Eh, no, it's not, actually. It's, it's, it's really symbolic of baseball, isn't it? You don't get this in football very often. If someone struggles in, in football, it's that player or that unit. 
but it's not necessarily the entire team. And when it comes to baseball, it's really weird. Like, you can have a team that's red hot where everybody comes through. And then there are some times where the whole team strolls at the same time. So we talk about the Cubs with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Are you frustrated about hearing the hunger comments? Now, this goes back to Castellano, right? This is all Joe Madden talking about how he likes the hunger that he sees from Castellano trying to help out this team. And, and Castellano's uh, one for four today. Uh, 284, 337, 497 is his slash line with this Cubs team. And so uh, Cap asked about the frustration about hearing the hunger comments. Uh, I wouldn't say negative. I just, you know, some maybe a little discredit to all the other guys that have put in the work as well. And I think Nick has been amazing since coming here. Uh, it's been exciting. It's been a joke for all of us. His enthusiasm, his excitement. Um, you know, it's the dog days of August, so. He's been extremely good for our lineup, his at-bats, his professionalism. Um, but when you hear that's what hunger looks like, in my opinion, all, all 25 of us every day are trying to go out and do the best we can. So, um, yeah, that, that's how I take it. So, you know, you know, there's something with some teeth there. He's talking about, you know, like he doesn't want to discredit everybody else who's been working hard before Cassianos got here. It's true. You don't doubt that the Cubs are working hard. It's just that the, the results are bad. It's, it's, it's underachieving. Now, again, there's a lot worse teams in Major League Baseball. The Cubs are going to be a playoff team as far as I can tell. It's just that they are just, they don't have it. I've been saying this a lot this summer, and it still holds true. The Cubs just don't have it, and that's why they look the way they do. Philadelphia uh, was been slugging the ball big time, and you're trying to piecemeal things together with this Cubs team like, you realize now in August, you know what we should have? Speed at the top of the lineup. <laughs> and so here comes Kemp out of nowhere, 0 for 4 today, doing two strikeouts. Like you know, on, on a good team, on a, a really good team, he's hitting ninth, right? But but he's at the top of the lineup because they need something as a Kemp Castellanos uh, combo p- uh, platter, one two at the top of the lineup, and it's just it's just uh, what I thought they were this spring. Just kind of like. Similar to what we saw last year, struggling to score runs on a regular basis. And the only difference between last year and this year, now it's the, the road. It's just they can't get down the road. And it doesn't mean that they're bad. It's just that you could tell that there's there's limitations to this baseball team as we talk about this here on ESPN 1000 the ESPN app. Oh, and we've got numbers to back that up too, by the way. It's more than just the eye test. We have numbers to back this up, this whole thing with the uh, Chicago Cubs. Um, let us also here from Rizzo um, talking a little bit about how the team is that lacking hunger thing. We should go back to that for those that did not hear this. Jesse on the team lacking hunger. Let's hear from Rizzo talking to Jesse about that in case you missed it. From the culture vibe standpoint, you've probably heard him describe this from Joe and even Theo. That's what hunger looks like on the field. The guy that came from a losing organization. Is he bringing that energy? Do you see that with that Describe him well. That's what hunger looks like. That they both said I mean, that. When I, when I hear that, it's, I throw that out the window because we're all hungry in here. Right. These so. appreciation of being coming from a last place team to a first place team is how I look at it. He's very appreciative of this. And, uh, but as far as hunger, we're all hungry in here. So right, right. When I read that, it's not necessarily like I love seeing that. Always hungry because we all are. Because it kind of implies others might not be is that kind yeah, of yeah yeah that's but, the way I look at it yeah but, 
but we're all hungry in here and right. him coming over and this opportunity <laughs> as, as, is awesome that's right. what you want as a player you want to be in these situations and uh, seeing walking around and having this opportunity is I guess a little refreshing so thoughts there from Rizzo Rizzo by the way his last home run was June 16th it's, it's getting late Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Here's some numbers for you coming into today's games regarding the Cubs, right? Over the last five seasons, the Cubs have their third best winning percentage. Since 2015, the Dodgers are number one in that category. The Astros are second. The Cubs are third. Cubs 451 and 316. That's 588. Again, not bad. It should be better, but not bad at all. It's a team that's in first place, more than likely will be in the playoffs in one way, shape, or form. The road pitching woes for the Cubs. The Cubs have really struggled on the road this season, but their hitting isn't to blame. The Cubs are allowing almost 1.5 more runs per nine innings on the road than at home this season. You take a look at those numbers, those splits, and the uh, the Cubs on the road are 23rd as far as giving up uh, runs this season on the road, uh, 12th overall in Major League Baseball runs per game, and 20th in ERA. Cubs on the road this season, more numbers, one loss record. Um, looking at what they do at home versus on the road, man, it's it's like night and day. They're 23rd as far as winning percentage on the road. ERA is 20th in Major League Baseball. The whip is 23rd, and the strikeout per base, uh, base on balls is 16th. So, one other note about the Cubs, worst record when leading after seven innings. The Mariners on that list, the Red Sox are on that list, and so are the Cubs. The inability to hold leads. It, it, again, it's still a winning percentage, but you look look at the amount of games that the Cubs have lost, almost 10 games, losing games after the seventh inning. It just shows you how the bullpen has really let them down. Middle to the bottom of that bullpen has just not been great. So just some numbers to kind of back up what we're talking about with this Cubs team. You may be the most ardent, the most um, thirsty Cub fan that's out there, that you love this team so much. The bottom line is, though, is that this team has limitations. And losing against the Phillies, you know, Rizzo says it is what it is, but it shouldn't be. That's the thing. You're going to fire a good man in Joe Madden because this team is inability to hit. And really, when it comes down to it, you know all of this. It's Chili Davis's fault. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Let's talk to about the Bears here. Um, and before we talk about the Bears, let me tell you a little bit about Illinois Media School. Illinois Media School is, is where you go for TV personalities, for vloggers, for influencers. You can get a chance to meet athletes. Think about it. Media, broadcasting, it's all there for you. You can graduate at Illinois Media School as little as eight months. Go to this website, beonair.com. That's beonair.com. Or call this number, 630-916-1700. 630-916-1700. Think about it. You're in high school. You don't know what you're going to do next. You're going to go to college? You're going to go someplace, some trade school? Maybe not go to college at all? But you know you like news. You know you like music. You know you love something in sports. And you want to do it behind the scenes, or you want to do it in front of the camera, or behind the microphone. Illinois Media School in Lombard is the place to go. 630-916-1700. Two locations, one in Chicago, one in Lombard. I want to tell you something. I looked at the schedule 
at Illinois Media School Lombard as far as the radio schedule, because when you go there, you have a chance to host shows like hosting like this one. Uh, and I looked at the schedule and there's so many open slots because so many kids have graduated. So now there's open slots for radio shows. I looked at that schedule. I'm like, can I work an afternoon show? Can I work two to seven? But that doesn't work. <laughs> I've worked enough shows. So instead of me working those shows uh, on Illinois Media School Radio, on uh, Sports Town Chicago or wherever, why, 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 don't, why don't you work those shows? Instead of me having to take those shows, why don't you work those shows? I saw the schedule. I'm like, open, 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 open. I'm like, okay, it's time for new students to be able to get more opportunities for broadcasting. So beonair.com beonair.com get a visit see if it's for you LMU School Lombard 6309161700 or beonair.com Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app the Cubs lose to the Phillies 11-1 to we're going to hear from Matt Nagy in just a moment on the Bears but first here's Joe Madden with the Cubs losing 11-1 to in Philly Cool healthy? Yeah he's healthy um it's really, uh, from my perspective, delivery-wise, he's really off. Um, something Tommy and I have been talking about. We saw it the last game, uh, thinking that he's got some things back together. So he's he's fine. Uh, it's just he's jumping at the plate a little bit. He's not staying over the rubber, and he's not staying behind the ball and all those kind of technical terms, and it's just not coming out right now. But he is healthy, and I do anticipate you're going to see much better performances. I do. I just It was just a tough one tonight. From uh, Aaron Nolan, they get the home run in the seventh up to that point. What was so effective for him tonight, Aaron Nolan? Oh, he had everything going on. I mean, he had a big lead to work with. Um, he was spotting up that fastball away. The two seamer coming back on the righties. Back door in the lefties with a good break. Why is a changeup when he wants it? Uh, he was pitching with uh, you know, full throttle with a lot of confidence tonight. Once they got that big lead, he was a really good front runner tonight. When a team jumps out like that, even though it's the third, how tough is it to try to get anything going from that point forward? It's a mental thing, but it's you know that's something that we every team needs to be able to do. It's just that he made it tougher tonight. He was that good tonight. You know, sometimes a pitcher will let up a little bit in the sense that uh, when they get a big lead, also it's, it becomes even more difficult for some guys. Not for him. He did the right thing. Johnny Lester has done the same thing in the past and so was Cole. We grab a lead, they'll they'll get you deeply into the game and get you that win. So give them credit. Uh, they beat us up offensively, but their pitcher was really good too. When you have no answers for why their team struggles on the road, does that just make it all the more frustrating that there is no way to really something to put a finger on? Yeah, I mean there's there's no um there's no readjustment to the lineup, and there's no uh, extra batting practice to take. Whatever, that's not that's not the answer. Um, I believe in my guys. The thing I, you know, if you want the, the silver lining, I loved how we ran the first base tonight. I just like that we continue to play. We continue to play to the very end. Um, the dugout was great. Oof. We we got uh, they beat us up on the offensive side early. It was tough to come back, but our guys stayed engaged. And I, that's the kind of stuff that matters to me. I do believe at some point we're going to figure this out. I, I mean that sincerely. Um, there's not a whole lot, anything differently to do. We just have to, you know, obviously pitch better right there and uh, offensively just become a more consistent team. It's there. Uh, the structure's there. The players are there. We just got to uh, get it out there somehow. On the road, on, at home, one of the best teams in baseball. It's really awkward. God, he is at the end. <laughs> I loved how we ran the first base tonight. Good God. I can understand if that's the manager of the Little League World Series on ESPN, but my God, that's the end. 
I love how he ran to first base today. Yeah, I guess so. It's a lot of left turns, by the way, running to first base with eleven to one deficit. Holy cow! That what a wow, that is just horrendous. But, but you know what? Here's the thing. Gave an answer. May not understand the answer, but that's just wow. <laughs> we ran to first base. He liked the way you can understand it. Like Madden had like this um, sense of humor, tongue in cheek thing, but he was dead serious. I mean, listen, I mean, he, <laughs> no one was more important in the room than Joe Madden. Just ask him. But I mean, that's just, that's funny. <laughs> it's not, it's painful if you're a Cub fan, but just the idea on the surface that he's talking about how well they ran to first base. Just, okay. All right. We go from one, <laughs> that's great sound there. Uh, we go from one Western Pennsylvania manager to a Western Pennsylvania head coach and Matt Nagy. So I don't, um, I think it's healthy to have scuffles as long as you're not hurting your teammate in training camp. I don't have a major problem with it. What you don't want is for your team to be undisciplined. It's Kyle Long, and we just talked about what uh, Shea Pepler wrote on her Twitter because she was there for the practice for Fox 32. Uh, you know, Kyle Long is going to – this has been an issue with, with uh, scuffles with him in the past. Uh, we can go back to yesterday. Nagy was talking about a scuffle uh, with the team uh, as they – try to figure things out we talk about how we're going to handle those things internally you know when things do happen i think to me there's different levels of it and there's some levels that can get out of control and it's just it can it can ruin you there's other ones where guys just uh it's competitive they're chirping guys want to do well and we're the the beauty of our sport and sports in general is is that you care these guys care and they're trying to make teams and they're trying to make plays and sometimes the juices get going that's my job to make sure i come in there and clear the dust you know settle the dust okay so that was javon wims and uh, prince Mukamara fighting yesterday the bulldogs he wants to be noticed like you're not gonna cut me (laughs) javon wims who is a good wide receiver that could be cut off a very talented on the surface depth chart wide receiver wise wims like no i'm gonna fight for mine like you're not gonna cut me i'm not some special teams guy you can don't cut me cut somebody else so at least he was noticed there with him and prince Mukamara. but then there was issues again tonight with tonight's practice some thoughts here from matt Nagy about uh, the practice tonight for the bears yeah i love that thing i think it's awesome no i do it's uh it's um you know it's just a part of the uh, the environment here at soldier field for us the guys like it we like it so let's keep it going Cody Whitehair left with an injury, looks like left hand. What, what do you have on that? Yeah, his finger, but he's going to be okay. Yeah. Is it broken? Uh, they didn't, I don't think they did. I'm not even sure to tell you the truth, but I'm pretty sure it's, he's going to be fine what from did, what I've been told. What did you see with the, the Kyle Long? Like? Yeah, that's, well, I mean, we all saw what we saw, and I saw the same thing. So, you know, um, I'm going to keep that just between us internally. But uh, it was just, it was disappointing, you know, but... Uh, we'll handle that internally and make sure that uh, that we, we do it the right way. Disappointing that you've had scuffles now two days in a row. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, again it's the competitive nature of the guys. The you know yesterday to me was um, a little bit more of a pillow fight. You know today I thought was a a, a little bit just uh, like I said it was just disappointing. From uh, from running out of the tunnel to the you know the music you guys have in stadium. Is this everything you guys do behind closed doors on a Friday game prep kind of deal? Um no. No, it's a little bit different See, because on a normal Friday during the season, we have some different scenarios that are more specific, whether it's red zone, short yardage, goal line, et cetera. This was – we just we just played a full game. I mean, both, both offense and defense got 60 plays. So that, that's – Go ahead. 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 Go 
okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, do you have any thoughts on why, really, let's say three days in a row, nothing happened to Kyle and Akiva, all through camp, nothing close to it, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't have an answer for you. Um, we talk about it as a team. We 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 go ahead and just talk about you know that kind of stuff. We just don't do. And, and I think um, at some point in time, we got to prove that we're a mature team. We are. I, I've been saying it to y'all for the longest time. We, we have a bunch of high character people. So that starts with us as coaches making sure that we lead these guys the right way, and then we also make sure that that you know. They understand that that can't happen. That's just it can't happen. It's not going to happen. And um, but we'll handle that internally. We'll, we'll have man-to-man, one-on-one discussions with everybody and make sure it's handled the right way. Anything with the possibility that just these camps are too long? It's just too much. It's time to go play real football. Um, I don't think so. To tell you, I, I really don't think it's that. But I do think it is. It is good for them to uh, to probably go against some different people. Uh, they've been going. I mean, think about every play, every rep that you go against each other all the time in the trenches. And uh, but I think the mentally strong teams know how to handle it and not cross that line. You know, that's the biggest thing. He cleared it in you so long not to return the bracket. Was he ejected from bracket? Well, we just we just uh, yeah. Again, we just you saw that he didn't come back out, and that's just kind of kind of what we. Yeah, we like we saw it about as far as with the starters. I can't. I have no idea. I, I wish I could tell you. I, I'm standing on the sideline just like on game day. I got to watch on tape. I, I have no clue. Now, what was it that, that piqued your interest about doing this to begin with, to get it set up and, and give it a try? Well, you know, for, for us, just uh, any simulation you can get um, in a controlled environment, that word controlled to me is huge. And I think when you get a controlled environment like we have, um, you know, you can, you can have your, uh, your guys, whether it's the first team, second team, or third team, you can have your guys out here um, playing a full, a full game. They got 60 plays, and then on top of that, we got every special team situation. You can't, you can't mock that in a preseason game. Nothing to take away from that, but you just can't. That enabled us tonight. We, we took a lot of time and hours to script. Every play was scripted. So uh, it wasn't like we were just calling off the hip. We scripted every scenario, and I, I think that's what was so cool about it. A good substitute and less risk overall. What's that? A good substitute for, for a regular game well, with less risk. Well, that, that's the. I mean, you're, every time you're out here, even in, when you're doing. I mean, it wasn't live. It's yeah. thud. Yeah. So there's still the possibility. Just you look at Cody. You know, Cody does his finger there, and so there's still mm-hmm. things that can happen. Um, but yeah, the control part is what I think is for us. It's just on top of what happens with the preseason. So thoughts there from Matt Nagy speaking to the press night practice for the Chicago Bears. You heard the, the news about Cody White Harris finger. Looks like nothing serious there. And then, of course, another scuffle. I guess, look, I'm not going to go over the top about fights in camp. As long as guys don't get hurt, that's fine. But you can tell the Bears are ready to hit somebody. It's funny, Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, he doesn't like that. He doesn't like uh, another team coming in to hit. He'd rather just hit his own players, apparently, for them to just scrimmage against one another. It's funny. But, you know, for the Bears, you could tell they're a little chippy. Hopefully that will transfer over to game one against the Packers. You get tired of hitting your own teammates? How about, you know what? How about hit the Packers? How about beat the Packers for the game one? How about that? And just keep it going. Because you like that feistiness, a little edge. You need that. Cannot be nice. It's time to turn it around. And this very short window that we call the National Football League, it's time to turn things around. Let's talk more Cubs with uh, Brett Taylor from Bleacher Nation. How does this turn around for the Cubs, uh, if at all? Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. 
on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. There's not a whole lot, anything differently to do. We just have to, you know, obviously pitch better right there and uh, offensively just become a more consistent team. It's there. Uh, the structure's there. The players are there. We just got to uh, get it out there somehow. On the road, on, at home, one of the best teams in baseball. It's really awkward. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Joe Madden, the manager for the Chicago Cubs, as the Cubs lose to the Phillies by the score of 11 to 1. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, weeknights at 7 here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com, tweet Jay Hood. Follow our next guest at Bleacher Nation. It is Brett Taylor who covers the Cubs for Bleacher Nation. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, here on our Cubs postgame show here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Brett, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me on, and thanks for playing the uh, Joe Madden clip. That that gave me a little bit of a chuckle too. <laughs> I heard you chuckling. I <laughs> just, I mean, it just—it's unbelievable. Well, Brett, I, I don't know about you, but uh, in the first half hour, I just went after Chili Davis, and I think that this is his fault. Uh, how much is it Chili Davis's fault from last year that's carrying over? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's um, it would be awesome if we could say this was just the residue of you know, some ill-fated attempts to revamp the approach for a lot of these guys. But it's like, you know, you're on your third hitting coach in three years. There's only so many times you can slap that button, uh, particularly when you're talking about an offensive crew uh, about whom Theo Epstein said last year after the season, right? He said at some point along the way, the offense broke. And although it's, it's perhaps the most convenient to fire your hitting coach at that point and bring in an old friend uh, to try to right the ship. Ultimately, you've, you've got to make some roster changes at that point. And on the offensive side, that's not what the Cubs did. Indeed, the one significant bat they've brought in since then was the dude they picked up at the trade deadline, Nick Castellanos, and he's the one guy hitting. So I think we're, I think we're doomed to have this same conversation for the next couple of months, frankly, until the offseason arrives. Here's what I've been talking about, Brett, regarding the Cubs. This is different than in years past where you felt, well, maybe, you know, maybe Dusty Baker can't get the Cubs over the hump any further than what he did. Ah, Riggleman, maybe he's just not the guy. Ah, maybe Don Baylor. And it just goes on and on where you saw the underachievement. It was evident. You didn't have the right players. There was a disconnect between the manager and the players. This is what's happening. But it's, this is different than anything else I've dealt with in my lifetime watching Cubs baseball in that it's a very good manager. You fire Madden to, tonight, he'll get a job tomorrow. And it's a team that's going to more than likely make the playoffs. But yet it feels like this team is in third or fourth place. How, how different of, of this situation is it for you versus years when you knew the Cubs didn't have a chance? Yeah, it's odd. I mean, the Madden quote that you played at the top there, uh, where it's awkward. You know, it is It is strange. That could sum up a lot of what you're talking about uh, with respect to the composition of the roster, so much of it being the same as that just brilliant 2016 team, uh, same manager, most successful manager in Cubs history, arguably. But you do start to wonder after five years, after the um, extraordinary arc that the Cubs have had, you wonder if maybe different voices are needed um, and different personnel are needed to sort of um, connect with the core in a different way. It, it's a really fine line. It's awkward, again, to use that word, to say that um, it, it's not a criticism necessarily of Joe Madden and his skills as a manager to say, 
maybe he was the perfect guy for this team in 15, 16, 17, and maybe he's not the right guy anymore. And I think that that's probably the serious conversation that the front office was already having heading into last offseason when they elected not to extend Joe Madden into this uh, walk year for him potentially. And so I think um, it, it just it wouldn't be surprising at this point if we end up uh, seeing the Cubs move on from a guy that they really, really like and who was perfect for several years. Brett Taylor from Bleacher Nation with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app as the Cubs are now 0-10-2 in their last 12 road series after losing 11-1 tonight. This means that the Cubs will go three calendar months without a road series win. But see, here's the thing, Brett. Okay, so I understand that there always is manager or coach fatigue. That could be amongst fans. It could very well could be amongst players. I, I just, it's a hard sell for me. For you or anyone else to tell me, you know, after winning the World Series and having success and more than likely maybe being in the playoffs this year for the Cubs, that you know what's better? Papa Ross. Yep, that's what they need. For for a for a tenured manager that got you to the mountaintop, it's a hard sell for me to tell for you to tell me, you know, the guy from Major League Baseball Network, I think Joe Girardi would be the perfect guy for this team. I mean, for for a manager that only meets with him three times a year. What's he? What's he saying that he's such a, a a dark cloud over the team that they can't hit? It's just it's weird for me. It's just different. That's all. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is you can't. You just, it's it's unreasonable to blame mm-hmm. so much of this at the, to lay it at the feet of any one player, coach, manager, front office member. I mean, I think that there is a cultural component to um, the way a way an organization survives after um, such an epic win like the Cubs had. And I think, you know, Theo Epstein talked about that with respect to the Red Sox where he had the same issue where you don't want to use the word complacency setting in, but you do, you do have that risk of the exhale. And Joe Madden's style um, famously is a very hands-off, laid-back, let the players be comfortable, let their true talent shine through, um, most of what he does that's successful is behind the scenes, never seen to us. And so for that reason, um, while I personally would not try to sell anybody on the idea that, like, okay, he stinks, it's over, move on, this other guy is going to be an upgrade, I do think we at least have to be open to the idea that the methodologies behind the scenes, particularly when we see so much turnover on the coaching staff, it's been crazy the last three years, it, it, there might just be something that's not resonating anymore. So on your scale of of looking at this team, as you view this team, how much do you look at Theo and Jed and the lack of depth versus the core of the team that you expect to hit and to produce? Yeah, I mean, it's, it certainly feels like both is the, the cop-out but also right answer. You know, we've seen... Several of the core uh, members, or I guess I should say the anticipated core for this team, not take steps forward, Um, whether that means that there were certain fundamental issues with their ability to translate at the big league level that were unforeseen by the Cubs organization through the years or whether they weren't developed properly. I do think that uh, a lot of guys, I mean, Albert Amora is going to be the one that sort of carries the banner for a lot of folks, although he's not alone. He was the first first round pick for this front office, and you know a top ten pick who he kind of became the emblem for 
what the strategy was going to be in building this roster up. And although they hit on so many guys, well, Almora's really not taken any steps forward. And, um, you know, we talk about the pitching development all the time, that this front office, although they have um, worked their farm system fairly successfully, we haven't seen a lot of productivity coming up internally on the pitching side. So I do think, too, while we're having this conversation about, like, what happens with Joe Madden, what happens with the core, it's only fair to turn that eye also on, okay, well, what's been happening developmentally with the organization over the last several years? Brett Taylor from Bleacher Nation with Jonathan Hood on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Brett, you can build and and try to build up your farm system in the right way and be able to go for it at the same time, can you not? I mean, you can do both of those things. And and this is kind of um, the MO for Theo over the years, right? Even with Boston and with the Cubs, it's like, we're going to spend as much money as possible. We're going to go for it. We're going to be very aggressive in getting the top players to win now and, you know, damn the future. But you, you, I think you can do both at the same time. Yeah, it became more challenging in the collective bargaining agreement that came before the most recent one. There had been some, some tricks and strategies that you could use with respect to when free agents walked, certain compensation, certain drafting strategies that – Theo and co. were successfully able to use in Boston um, that are no longer available. But I do think that it would be a cop-out to say you can't continue to develop a strong farm system even while competing. Mm -hmm. And so the Cubs did trade and promote from their farm system very aggressively in this competitive window, which they should. Now, winning at the big league level is the most important thing you can do, but when the fruits of those efforts don't bear out and when you have regression among your young players at the big league level, that's really going to sting in your farm system if you aren't hitting a home run every time you're drafting at the back of the first round. and That's hard to do. I think the Cubs have had some successes. They've had some failures. I think the big question that people are going to be asking over the next several years is whether the developmental structure that was in place on the minor league side under this front office was as effective as it could have been. As long as you're not unplugging it after 2020, 2021, because that's Theo's contract is up after the 2021 season, correct? His and several other people as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was still, and I, I remember sitting in this chair wondering how come there wasn't more of an extension for Madden and Epstein at the same time. And I find it funny that that Epstein nowhere to, I guess he's not going to be extended anytime soon because he's got to kind of rebuild this thing. You remember Tom Ricketts saying, and then of course denying that uh, he said, "Well, we just don't have enough money for Machado or certain other players," which I found fascinating especially when you're trying to go for it but nonetheless um that that is all intriguing to me how this all works because things are even at this point in time even at this conversation we're having brett the team is good it's just not it's not the dodgers it's not atlanta it's not one of these teams where they have it but it's still a viable team and so that's i I find this fascinating through the end of theo's contract how this is all going to come about for this cubs team what are they going to look like yeah, and this is all against the backdrop, too, of the Cubs launching their own network uh, in the spring. And I think they're not going to want that conversation to be, okay, we're kind of on the downswing now, front office is on their way out, new manager, we're going to need to kind of turn this thing over. I don't think that's the conversation anyone wants to be having. So I, I, I totally agree with you. The next two years, even setting aside this season, which, hey, it's not like they can't still win the division. It's not a great division. 
But even setting that aside, I think the next two years are going to be a pretty fascinating meta conversation about what the Cubs organization is going to become. That Cubs network is going to have a lot of paid programming. <laughs> no one's going to yeah. want to watch <laughs> the Cubs. So they're going to have to supplement that with something, some blender ad, I believe. <laughs> I think they, yeah, they're going to have to get creative filled in that space for a while. <laughs> because if you're not winning, who's going to watch? That's going to be, I mean, uh, very intriguing to watch. Well, I'm glad I spent you spent some time with us, Brett. I'm just, uh, this is going to be interesting between now and the end of this season, how this all comes about for the Cubs because it's different. This isn't a, a bad team at the bottom. But when you're stuck in the middle of other good teams in the National League, that's that's baseball hell, without, you know, without question. I think they're going to have to win a game or two on the road at some point. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, you should manage the team. That's very good. <laughs> that's very well. I, that would be my inspiration. Yeah, that's my inspirational message. Too. Hey, try winning on the road. <laughs> that's very good. You're listening to Jonathan Hood. I'm all in my bag as hard as it gets on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. On ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Don't forget to be with us tomorrow because we got Throwback Thursday. And don't forget the Under the Hood podcast. Wherever you download your podcasts, whether it is on Google Play. Somebody's on Twitter said, how come your podcasts aren't on Google Play? It's because they are, pal. They are on Google Play. They're on Under the Hood with Jonathan and also the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. They're both on Google Play. Wouldn't have a podcast without Google Play. Had to double check that. Um, Spotify, SoundCloud. Stitcher, wherever you download your podcast, look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Hey, you weren't. Hey, you're busy weeknights. You may not get a chance to hear all three hours. And if you miss something, uh, you can download it right into your device. If you're a podcast listener, it's wonderful, great content. You know why? Because I'm hosting it. Hi, everybody. All right, we thank you for listening, being part of the program here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Our thanks to Jesse Rogers. To Michelle Steele, to Mark Packer, and to Brett Taylor. Show produced by Eric and Sean on the other side of the glass. Now, tomorrow, another full show, 7 to 10, right here on ESPN 1000. And Throwback Thursday. Yes, we'll have a great time. Cubs, some Cubs, and also uh, summer of football. You know, Bears and Giants are taking place this weekend. That's the uh, exhibition game for the Bears. So we'll get the chance to talk to Chris Canty from ESPN New York about that matchup and more. As we move forward here on Thursday, 7 to 10 right here on UTH. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Talk to you tomorrow at 7 right here on ESPN 1000. Jonathan Hood. I'm so good. On ESPN 1000. <laughs>